I'm Harry. I'm Nash. And this week, we're going all the way from the 26th of March through to the 1st of April. Which is exciting, because that's April Fool's Day. Ah, so exciting, but so sad, because we're not actually talking about it. We're not speaking about it, but we are speaking about something that happened in 1492 on Mm. March 31st. Okay. And that is the expulsion of Jews from Spain. Well, that happened to be a little thing called the uh, Spanish Inquisition. What, you've never heard of the Spanish Inquisition? No, I have. I have. I just, Everyone knows the Spanish was, Inquisition. Was, <laughs> <laughs> it's from Monty Python, for those that uh, don't know. You Okay, you got me. What, what well are you done. speaking about, Nash? Tell me. Please tell me. Mine isn't exactly a barrel of laughs. In fact, this is one of the saddest stories I've covered on the podcast. Because oh. on March 26th, 1997... This was the day that police discovered 39 bodies inside a mansion outside the city of San Diego in California. How did they die? Why did they die? Tell me. You'll find out later in the podcast. Okay, that's fair. Okay, well, I guess we should start then. Let's do it. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Now, before I speak about the Spanish Inquisition, I want to inquest into you. That sounds weird. That but does I, sound weird. I want you to go on iTunes, subscribe, and rate us, uh, because that's how this podcast, it grows. You know? Grows. It just grows. Say. Yeah. Grows. If you want more people to endure this, if you don't want to <laughs> suffer alone. Yeah. This is essentially the Inquisition. This is what it feels like. In all seriousness. Before you're born. Please. Head on over to iTunes, give us a comment, give us a rating. It helps so much. It but does. now, the we Inquisition. Bring you the Inquisition. Okay, so March 31st, 1492. This is the date that the Jews are forcibly expelled from Spain. Hmm. But there's a long history before that even gets there. We actually start in 1184. 1184. Yeah, with Pope Lucius III, right? He is one of the first. I guess inquisitors okay. is the correct word. Okay. He does the first inquisition in Europe. So it's the inquisition as we know occurs in Spain, but it actually was happening from 1184 and Lucius he sends bishops to southern France to track down heretics. And the heretics are people that don't believe in Christianity, of course, because that was the dominant religion at the time. Okay, so we've got this guy called Lucius, he's a pope, he's sending out his He's not a pope? He is a pope, but we don't really care that much about him, except that he was probably the first inquisitor. Okay, okay. You know, the grand inquisitor. But the point is, he's a powerful guy, and he's sending out his minions to do his dirty work across Europe. Yeah, so essentially what happens is the inquisitors, they arrive in town, they're like, hey guys, here... Let's be friends. Just kidding. We're going to burn you at the stake unless you believe in Christianity or convert. Yeah. That's what they do. They go into town. They essentially round up all the people that are heretics that don't believe. And you can either convert or get killed or confess to not being Christian. It's all not good alternatives. Not a lot of choice going on. What happens if you confess to not being a Christian? That's as bad as being... Then you have punishment. So initially it was pilgrimage or whipping. Uh, in later years, it was burning at the stake. Uh, there's quite a few famous people that have been burned uh, for being a heretic. One that we've spoken about in the past is Joan of Arc. Oh, yeah. Actually, who was burnt at the stake uh, for being a heretic. Yeah. Which is interesting because she saved France and whatever. We're not going to go there. <laughs> but <laughs> essentially, essentially, you're forced to testify and say, yeah, I'm not. Um, and then later on, past 1184, people were murdered, essentially. So that's, that's the background to the Inquisition. 
Okay. Okay. So the punishments got progressively worse over time. Yeah. You, there was a chance for redemption, repenting, converting to Christianity, but afterwards they were just like, you know what? You don't have a chance. We're going to kill you. It depends on who your inquisitor was. Like okay. some of them were a bit more lenient than others, and some of them were pretty keen to kill people. So it's, you know, it's hit and miss. But now we're going to Spain. So it's been about 300 years now of inquests, and we're heading to, you know, the second half of the 15th century. Uh, So 1478 is roughly where we're heading to. Not exact date, but roughly, roughly heading there. They didn't have Google Calendar. So. No, they didn't. So it's hard to hard to say. And at the moment, there's King Ferdinand II and Queen Isabella of Spain. And these two, King and Queen of Spain, yeah. they, they're pretty big into the Catholicism. They okay. like it. Okay. Big Christians. Yep. Huge fans. They, okay. they donate every week to the donation thing. I don't know. What do you call the donation I don't know. sack? The donation sack? You put the money in, in the church. In the sack. The satchel? Yeah, okay, cool. Anyway, and they're worried that, you know, there's a bit of corruption happening in the Spanish Catholic Church. And they believe that the Jews are responsible for this because obviously it's heretics that are not following the way of Jesus Christ and polluting their lovely country. Yeah, okay. And there's a second reason on top of this as well. Okay. Jews have been converting because Christianity is the dominant religion. Okay. And King Ferdinand II and his wife, Isabella. Yeah. They are thinking, hey, these conversions aren't real. People are pretending to convert and then still being Jews and diluting our great Spanish nation. Oh, okay. So they're concerned that people are saying that they're Christian, Mm. but really practicing their Old Testament beliefs. Anyway. Yeah, which okay. is actually called crypto-Judaism, which is a term that was used in... Crypto-Judaism? Yeah, it's like... That s- sounds like a new currency. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you have Bitcoin or... No, I have crypto-Judaism. What do you have? I have crypto-Judaism. I have crypto-Islam. Wow, that's wow. worth $1.2,000. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, the crypto-Judaism is what they were practicing, but okay. there was a lot of people called conversos, and these were the people that had converted to Christianity. Some of them had done it earnestly and became Christian, and some of them did this crypto-Judaism. Okay. So the king and queen thought that the best way to find all these fake Christians and yeah. essentially stop the demise of Spain and the, you know, the, the blooming of Christianity would be to have an Inquisition. Okay. So in 1478, under clergyman Thomas de Torquemada, yeah, Torquemada, what a man, uh, <laughs> they established the tribunal of Castile, right? And this was to investigate hearsay. So people that were heretics among the conversos, so people that had converted. And the focus was to make sure that the conversos had actually converted and to ensure that the Catholic and Christian ideology was paramount in Spain. Right. I mean, so right here you have a problem. What's the problem? Tell me. I mean, the problem here is that they're essentially trying to peer into people's brains and see whether they believe something or not. That's impossible. You can't go around screening for belief just by, do you believe in God? And they just say, I see. And then, (laughs) like, oh, okay. You know, like, you just can't. You just can't screen for beliefs that way. I mean, unless you catch somebody actively behaving in a way contrary to the beliefs which they say they subscribe to. But even then, like, there's other problems. Like, you shouldn't force people to be in a certain religion. Well, this is what's very interesting. Because in 1481, about 20,000 conversos by this time in the three years had confessed to being heretics. So all these people that had supposedly converted were actually heretics. 
And they thought, hey, if I confess, then I won't actually get killed. They'll be more lenient on me. They'll be lenient. Um, They were sort of lenient in the sense they were like, you know what? We won't burn you at the stake unless you don't tell us the names of other heretics. So if you tell us the names of other heretics, we won't burn you at the stake. This sounds a lot like the Salem Witch Trial. Uh, It was very much like the Salem Salem Witch Trial, but I would say a lot more people died. Mm. So, of course, all the conversos, they named their fellow conversos. And surprise, surprise, once they were named, instead of saying, yes, I confess, they were all burned at the stake, even though they had given the names of other people. So a lot of people were being burnt at the stake. Anyway, the Pope uh, in Rome was not happy about this. He said, you know what? It's too harsh. You're killing innocent conversos, genuine people that were forced into our religion, and we should respect them for not having a choice in our religion, right? You know, that's how it works. So, in f- Also, let's be clear. This isn't as though they're like believing in some sort of pagan religion or they're atheists. They still believe in the same Abrahamic God. Yeah, but it's like the older brother. No one likes the older brother. If you're the younger brother or sister, you want to show your older brother or sister that you're boss. Well, you know? And the best way to do that is to burn them at the stake. All of them. <laughs> if you're listening, my younger siblings, just know. Jeez, me too. Who's boss? Don't burn me at the stake. I think that's more the thing that I want to tell them. It's like, you can have the remote. It's fine. Take it. I don't Jeez, care. don't burn me at the goddamn stake. Anyway, so in 1482, uh, the Pope at the time, Pope Sextus... Great name for a Pope, Sextus, uh-huh. uh, for a guy that can't have sex. Um, I'm sure he had zero sex. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> he appointed a council to make sure that the Inquisition was less harsh. Um, except, funnily enough, he named our mate Torquemada, who of course was the head of the Inquisition, the Inquisitor General, uh, who of course... So he gave him more power. Killed people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the guy investigating the killings was the guy who did the killings? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, essentially. And then the Pope was like, it's oh too God. harsh. Guy that's doing the killings, I want you to be less harsh. But continue doing the killings. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more, say no more. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's great stuff. So this is what's been happening from not, uh, 1478. We get to 1492, and this is a really important time in history. The 31st of March, right? Mm-hmm. Because currently the Jews are still allowed to live in Spain. Yeah, they're getting burned at the stake and some of them are being exiled, but it's not, you know, a nationwide process. But in 1492, there's the Alhambra Decree, which is also known as the Edict of Expulsion, right? Okay, sounds like a barrel of laughs. It, It is if you're a Christian, less so if you're Jewish. Because if you're a Christian, it means, hey, I get all the wealth of the Jews who have to be exiled... But if you're a Jew, you lose all your wealth and have to be exiled from your home and family. So it's not a great deal if you're Jewish in the time of 1492. So the king and queen, they put through this declaration that on the 31st of July, 1492, if you haven't left, well, you're still here. You're going to be killed, essentially. It was until that point that you had to leave. And you could leave with some of your possessions. You just couldn't leave with any of your like gold, silver, valuable possessions or, you know. Your wealth, essentially. Anything, really. Yeah, so you okay. could leave with the clothes on your back and maybe a table. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's not a good situation. <laughs> and who wants to carry a table all the way from Spain to, you know, a lot of them went to the Ottoman Empire, to America. Yeah, like, yeah. this. that's a long way to carry a table and a couple of chairs, which is pretty much all you could take from your house. Well, I guess, I mean, you got to keep your life. But still, what kind of a life are you going to lead? Yeah. yeah. Not a... Not a go on starting from scratch again. So essentially, as a result of this decree, of course you had the choice to convert again. Mm. Um, 
200,000 Jews they converted to Catholicism, and between 40,000 to 100,000 were expelled. Now, of the 200,000, I'm not sure of the exact numbers of how many were killed, but I guarantee you quite a few were killed as conversos anyway and burnt at the yeah, stake. Yeah. So you had a choice. You could stay, you could convert Christianity, probably get burned at the stake. You could leave, start from scratch and have nothing to your name, or you could stay Jewish and be burned at the stake. So stake, stake, or expulsion. Now, I don't know about you, but none of those options sound like something that I want to do. Well, I know which one I would take. Uh, definitely expulsion. I was going to say, well, yeah. Expulsion. Yeah, me too. I mean... <laughs> no, definitely expulsion. Yeah, definitely of course. Expulsion. Of course. Without a doubt. You know what's really interesting, though, is mm. that Alhambra decree was only formally and symbolically uh, revoked on the 16th of December, 1968. What? Yeah. So technically, there was still the decree up until that point. Obviously, Spanish, No, it was going ahead and like... Yeah, well, people were not... <laughs> Let's not forget the around. Second World War, but I mean, it wasn't well from Spain. It's yeah, you know, it's a bit of a different story, a different there. story there. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, the Jews who wanted to leave in 1492, they left all around the world to North Africa, to uh, uh, Morocco, Algeria, Ottoman Empire. Some even attempted other parts of Europe, mm. but it wasn't it wasn't great. In 1808, the Inquisition was actually abolished and it was stopped. It took so, until 1808? Well, yeah. And that was only because Napoleon conquered Spain. What? In the Napoleonic era, right? But then when he was defeated in 1814, yeah. Ferdinand VII, who is the fifth up from our original Ferdinand that yeah. started the Inquisition, the Inquisition. Yeah. he reinstated the Inquisition but was prevented by the French government. But really, the Inquisition only really stopped... In 1834, the, the last person to be killed as part of the Inquisition happened in 1826, which we've spoken about this in the past as well. It sucks to be the last person to be killed because like this, <laughs> this school teacher that was killed in 1826, he yeah. was the last one of the Inquisition to be killed. Like that is so unlucky. That is well, a bad I mean, day at the office. I mean, I mean, technically there's going to be a last person to be killed in all sorts of those sorts of things. I mean, any war, the last person to be killed for sure. Yeah, But, but I feel you, like the so tragedy is going to feel that much worse yeah. if the last person to be killed under the Inquisition and the second last person, the distance between them was like five months yeah. or six months. But if it was the same day, it was like bang, bang. Not yeah, so bad. it's not so bad. Not also, so bad. you're dead, so you're probably not reflecting on it overly much. Not too much. Yeah. I so, think um, uh, that was a needless bit of uh, analysis yeah, from me there. It was, it was different. Hey, who cares if he died? It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> despite Nash's nihilist <laughs> views, uh, 1834 was the end of the Inquisition. The official end of the expulsion of the Jews only happened... <laughs> In 1968, That's which crazy. is ridiculous. Obviously, Jews were not being expelled from that point. Yeah. Like, from far before, they probably weren't being expelled. But yeah. from 1478, the start of the Inquisition, to 1968, that's nearly 500 years of torture and torment for the Jews in Spain. So, look, my ancestry actually comes from Spain, so I'm real happy that I'm born in Australia, not oh, yeah. in Spain in the 1400s. <laughs> Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. My story this week 
doesn't begin on March 26, 1997. That's good, though, because that's after we were born. It is after so we were born. It's good that we started before we were born. <laughs> Consistency. Yeah. Brand identity. Exactly. Keep it going. iTunes, subscribe. Yeah. So <laughs> where, do subscribe. We, where do we start? <laughs> Our story actually begins back in 1972. Okay. That is well before I was born. Definitely. I should hope so. If you, I mean, actually, if you were born then... You look very good. <laughs> Thank you. But I know you were born in 93, so, so you look so kind look... of so-so. <laughs> oh, that, was an, that was definitely an insult. Wow, okay. I'm doing no better. Right, so 1972 is where we begin this story. So it's that, this is when we begin our story, and okay. this is when we meet two people, two lost souls. Star-crossed lovers, perhaps? Well, not quite. Okay. But in some ways, yes, but... Otherwise, no. So the, who are these <laughs> two people? Please tell me they're not brother and sister. No, they're not brother <laughs> okay, and sister. Good. So the first person that we meet, his name is Marshall Applewhite. Right. Now, Marshall Applewhite, at this time, he's just had a divorce. Mm, His marriage thing. of 16 years has ended. He was a music professor, but he had this scandalous affair with a young man. Okay. I mean, yeah, that'll probably end in divorce. It ended in divorce. And he ended up in a hospital. We're not exactly sure why he ended up in hospital. Okay. We do know he that ended he was up in there. hospital. And right. he met this other person, this other lost soul, whilst he was in hospital. She was actually his nurse. Her name was Bonnie Nettles. And Bonnie Nettles, she was having marriage problems as well. She just came out of a 23-year marriage. Okay. What you're telling me is that Marshall has just come out of a relationship with his wife because he had an affair with a man. That's right. Meets this nurse who's coming out of a 23-year relationship with her husband and they think, hey, we're both in hospital. Two plus two equals five. Well, I mean, that's the kooky kind of logic that sort of gets our journey underway. Yeah. So these two lost souls, they, they're drawn to one another and they have this non-sexual but spiritual connection and they right. go across the United States drawing in people who believe similar things that they do. In fact, they're leading these people. What do they believe? We'll get to that. We'll okay. Get to that. Okay. So they're just picking up people at the moment. They're picking up people. They're going across the United States. They go between cities having seminars, but they garner a lot of attention. People don't like them at first. People in the media are scrutinizing them. So they go underground. They become... Outcast Moles. from society. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> well, they yeah. went underground. I was, I was unsure where that was going. Close, but no cigar. Okay. They've got their little band of merry people together. Bonnie Nettles then, in the 1980s, 1985, she falls ill and dies of brain cancer. Oh. So tragedy strikes. I mean, that must have been pretty devastating for Marshall because now he's by himself. Devastating for Marshall and everybody else that they became friends with as well. Yeah, of course. But he perseveres. They live on... Until Marshall sees something. Marshall sees something in 1997 that makes him decide to take his own life. Okay. And he dies. Right, in 1997, which of course is outdated In early history. March. But what's interesting about this is that not only did Marshall die, but all of his followers died as well. Uh, because you said on, followers. I don't like the word followers. Because on March 26, 1997, our day in history, this is the day that California police got the call that 39 people had committed a mass suicide in a mansion outside San Diego. Who were these people? Who were these followers? This was the Heaven's Gate cult. Lovely. So Marshall and Bonnie, not the nice people we originally thought that made friends as they made their way across America, but in fact, leaders of a cult that ended up, I would say, killing 
39 people. Uh, well, you know what? When I first began my research on this topic, I would have said that they were responsible for the deaths of these people wholeheartedly. They're twisted. They're sick. They're yeah. evil. They killed these people. Yeah. In some ways, I still agree with that. But hopefully by the end, you'll come to see a little bit more nuance. I think it's a bit more complicated than just being able to flat out say that these were okay. terrible people. I'm, I'm, look, I'm an open slate. You tell okay. me, tell me the I've, beliefs. I've set myself a tall story. order here. I'm going to try and convince Let's you. Let's go. So like I said before, Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite, these two were the leaders of the Heaven's Gate cult. Yep. They didn't go by the names of Marshall and Bonnie. They went by these pseudonyms. Marshall was known as Doe and Bonnie was known as T from the musical scale. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. Right. 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 So, so you're going to say Bonnie first. You're going to say Tito. Tito. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> Tito. Or do, T. Yeah. Um, so that gives you a little bit of an insight as to the inner workings of their belief systems. As I and said their before. minds, which are obviously not functional. <laughs> not functional in the way that you and I, well, our minds hopefully At least function. they didn't like change their name to Crutchet and Quaver. Like, <laughs> that's one up on the musical scale. They may have been easy to delineate. I yeah, think. I don't maybe. Know. But the point is, the two of them, like I said, they were lost souls. Marshall himself was a closeted gay music professor. He got... His marriage broken down. Bonnie, she was a outcast socially. Her marriage broke down after 23 years and they found one another. They did go on their spiritual journey. Right. Out from Texas. That's where they met in Texas. Where all good things start. Out across. <laughs> everything's bigger <laughs> and better in Texas. They yeah. took their message out. It was too big to keep in Texas. They went out across the United States to spread their new understanding of what everything was supposed to be about. Everything, the universe, life, the universe, everything. What are we here on earth for? Can you These please were big tell questions. Me. Tell me their beliefs. Their beliefs were stranger than fiction. I've, so I doubt that. it was this weird mix of Christianity, new age, sort of crystal stuff, and also a mix of science fiction in there as well. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So essentially, T and Doe, or rather Bonnie and Marshall, they believed that they were <laughs> they believed that they were God and Jesus incarnate in their bodies. Which one was which? So Bonnie was the spirit reincarnate of God on earth. Yeah. And then Doe, Doe Marshall was the spirit of Jesus Christ born again into Marshall Applewhite. Right. And that's what they went around the country telling their followers. And not only did they tell them that, they told them that the original, I guess, resurrection of Christ wasn't mystical. Rather, it had a technological basis because it was an alien spaceship that sucked them up, sucked up Jesus Christ and into of outer space. Of course. I mean, that's how it, uh, that makes so much sense now. I was always reading into the Bible and <laughs> unsure about that, but now I yeah. know it was Now a I know the bit about the spaceship. And aliens. Now, to you and me, that sounds utterly ridiculous, but to the no. people that heard this as T and Doe or Marshall and Bonnie went across the United States, there were some people out there who found this incredibly compelling because it actually added a level of physicality to the age-old biblical um, stories. Because, yeah. you know, it's easier maybe in our modern minds to conceive of aliens explaining this through technology rather than just some sort of divine intervention. At least that's what some of the... That's what they said. The How cult many followers, followers did they have at, like, their peak? It varied from time to time. There was moments R where they numbers, had, like, roughly. you know, 
40 to 50, maybe 60 followers. It, it obviously tapered off when they went underground, yeah. when they got too much media attention. And that was in uh, the late 1970s, early 1980s. Okay. So, again, that filters for people who are going to have strong beliefs in what we would consider to be kind of yeah. crazy. If you're going underground, you're definitely going to go to the next level with them, which is scary. Not it's- physically underground, but like, you know. Colloquially underground. Yeah, I know what I mean, but like <laughs> they're still not out in the open. They were obviously getting some slack by being followers of that as well, I'm assuming. Like you'd have to be quite devoted to being crazy. Yeah, well, um, that's the thing. The devotion was given willingly by the cult members, but also it was designed into the cult, the everyday part of the cult. So, so when you join the cult, you give away all elements of your individual identity, and you hand it over to the cult. Every single part of your life yeah. is... Including your you know, social security fund, your bank accounts. <laughs> they weren't really interested in collecting money from people. Really? No, they had their own businesses and they were able to sustain themselves that They're way. They're not being very good at cult leaders. Just well, putting it out there. That's, that's the thing. Like it's, They're different from other cults in that respect. But they were consistent in trying to control the everyday elements of people's lives. Right. They would all have the same buzz cut haircut. They'd all wear loose baggy clothing. They'd try and look as androgynous as possible. They'd suppress sexual urges. They wouldn't drink, do drugs go out in public this sounds like a terrible cult i never want to be part of a cult like this most of the cults sound fun this does not sound fun it's not a sexy cult no it's not a sex cult in fact nine of the cult members nine of the male cult members actually got surgically castrated to suppress their sexual urges wow that's i mean that's devotion to your religion yeah essentially this whole process of joining the cult living the heaven's gate way was to purify their bodies so that they could ascend into the heavens to heaven's gate but we have that problem don't we in 1985 where the co-founder bonnie nettles or t she dies yeah so what happens to the followers then surely their faith is you know shaken lost shaken no well thankfully they were able to with a few mental backflips they were able to change the doctrine of the cult, instead of saying that the physical body would ascend to the heavens, the spirit within the body, that would ascend. So she didn't ascend, you know, in a glowing light towards the heavens. It was rather no. her spirit, which you can't see, which makes it a lot easier to say that's ascending. Who's going to say no? No one knows. No, yeah, 100%. You're right. And that was one of the things that was crucial in justifying the eventual suicide because it meant that if you did die, you could ascend to the heavens. Because you're not really dead. You're not really dead. Well, if they were wrong, which mm. I assume they are because their cult sounds not ideal, No. then they're in for a rude shock. <laughs> well, to put it nicely. Yeah, put it nicely. So we passed the death of Bonnie Nettles. Into the early 1990s, Marshall Applewhite, he's leading the cult and they're sustaining themselves by doing personal website design for people on the internet. Right. Okay. And it's actually a really successful business. They're able to make like $400,000 a year doing it. And with that money, they're able to rent a mansion outside San Diego in California. Wow. If they weren't part of a a cult that ended up killing all their members, they would have been quite rich. Well, yeah, they were rich. Yeah. Um, 
It could have been a successful business for them. I, I, what I, mean, I wonder yeah. is what people are out there who had their website built yeah. by this cult and don't realize. Oh my goodness, you would feel so weird about that. Like if I found out that my website was built by a cult that mm. eventually, you know, suicided. Like yeah, you would feel pretty weird about it. Yeah. In some ways, lots of websites have been built by cult members because if you have an Apple, you're part of the cult. Okay, okay Nash. Okay. I think it's a. I don't think you're going to equate <laughs> Apple users. To heaven's gate. No. I don't think that's something that you legally want to do. <laughs> so just to preface that, Nash does not believe that at all and is not degrading. Getting a little sensitive Apple there, Harry, uses. are you, with your iPhone? I, um, I think more the Laura sensitive to you defaming <laughs> Apple and suggesting that it's a cult. I'm not. I'm just saying it's cultish. I should stop. You should definitely <laughs> the, the stop. Look in your eyes. Yeah, the look in my eyes is saying it all. <laughs> anyway, so what what happens? In the early 90s after they've built, you know, they're renting their mansion now. What happens next? Okay, so it's early 90s. And I think one thing that's quite unique about the Heaven's Gate cult is that we have first-hand accounts of what happened inside the cult from cult members themselves because they filmed so much of everything that went on in there. Daily life, recruitment videos, mm. and after they saw a sign... In, from the heavens, which was a comet, the Hale-Bopp right. comet, which comes by every 2,000 years. After they saw that sign in 1997, they recorded their farewell videos. Oh. And you can watch them online. That would be horrifying. What do you think, it's, what do you, think you see? Assuming it's like last yeah. will and testament, essentially. Yeah. Saying like, want to thank the world for being here. You know, something that's very harrowing and sad. You know what? It is sad. It's incredibly sad. But the people in the videos, they aren't sad. They look blissful. They look as though it's the happiest days of their lives. It's insane. It's, it's, it's so, so weird to see these people who all look the same, wearing these big baggy clothes and short hair. Mm. They're all just these sad outcasts who are so happy to die because they think that's how they're going to find salvation. And fulfill their purpose. And fulfill their purpose. Yeah, but I think that's what makes the videos even sadder. Like, yeah, it, it perhaps is. Perhaps if it was a sad video, then you could, you know, sympathize with them, empathize with them perhaps. But the fact that they're so happy and I guess oblivious to what is going on and so happy to leave this earth is really sad that's the real tragedy for me i think like it's it's so sad if you want to ruin your day just go watch these videos but it also offers a really interesting insight into the power of belief yeah like objectively yeah. for us we feel like they're dying but for their belief they were going to ascend right i mean that's mind over matter i guess right there yeah i guess if you look at the positive and rather than dwelling on the negatives that happen through it it does really show the power of religion and belief and I yeah. guess the afterlife even. Um, but wow, that is, a, that is a sad case. It is sad. And it was one of the cult's members. This guy's name was Rio D'Angelo. He was a member of the cult from 1994 to 1997. He was the one who discovered the bodies in the mansion and called it into the police. Yeah. I didn't tell you how they died. They actually died by mixing applesauce with pudding and sleeping pills with alcohol. And they 
drank that concoction. They were all wearing the same black jumpsuits with Nike sneakers and they put this purple shroud over their heads. And it's this eerily like uniformity throughout the mansion because again there is video footage of this the guy yeah. who discovered it rio d'angelo a former cult member himself he filmed the whole thing when he discovered it and then called it into the police so you again you can see all this online it's really creepy and really sad yeah i just i honestly don't know how to respond i think um one thing you can do if you're listening and you're having a difficult time or you know anybody is having a difficult time you can always find support. If you're in Australia, give Lifeline a call, 13 11 14. Yeah, and I think that is the message to take from this. If you are struggling, please do call that line. Um, and hopefully we won't ever have to see a repeat of Heaven's Gate. It's not the happiest of endings, but make sure to look after yourself this Definitely. week. Please. Uh, and we'll see you next week as we take you back to a time before you were born. 